facial. And uh, let's let's today let's go over the general points that we learned the last couple of days, and gotta bring it bring it down. The mimer is based on the pasuk in Sukkot. You should dwell for seven days in order that all, all future generations should know that I put you in Sukkot and I took you out of Mitzrayim. The meaning of the word Sukkot means clouds. Hashem put us in clouds, protected us with clouds for shade. And in a similar way, this he commanded us to be in the sukkah, that a sukkah that's built to create shade. So the Ramarash explains that um, Ramarash explains. Sorry about that, David. Ramarash explains that uh, the schach of the sukkah is created from cloud of the incense of Yom Kippur. The cloud is like is like the shade. And on Yom Kippur, the shade is still in a state of concealment. You don't know what that cloud is about. And then in, on Sukkot, when you sit in the shade of the Sukkah, you are having a full manifest version of what really happened on, on Yom Kippur. So regarding the Sukkah, the Gemara says you have to have more shade than sun. That means in Sukkah there's also sun, just there has to be more shade than sun, but there is also sun. So that means in Yom Kippur there must be sun too, because whatever happens on Sukkot is a revelation of what happened on Yom Kippur. So on Yom Kippur there is shade and sun, and on Sukkot is also shade and sun. What's the sun on Yom Kippur? What's the shade? On, so we said that the shade in Yom Kippur is a kateris, is the incense. So what's the sun? So the sun refers to the sacrifices. Regarding the sacrifices, the Torah says the sacrifices are meant to be a fire offering. A fire came down from heaven. There's a fire the Jewish people offered. There was a this fire offering um, is the idea of the sun, just like the sunlight brings brings warmth. So too in the base of Migdash, the fire offerings correspond to the sun, and just like in the base of Migdash on Yom Kippur, the primary component was the shade of the incense, the cloud of the incense, not the sunlight, the warmth of these sacrifices. So to Ansukis, the primary ingredient is the shade, not the sun. So what what does that mean spiritually? What's the idea of the why is the primary ingredient the incense, not the sacrifices? What's the idea of the shade being more important than the sun? And what does that have to do with us? So let's go back to the meaning of the word sacrifice versus the meaning of the word incense. Sacrifice comes from the word carbon, Hebrew, comes from the word closeness. When you offer a sacrifice, you are bringing yourself closer to Hashem. You're not, you're not just bringing an animal. You're also dedicating yourself. You're saying, I'm going to dedicate my faculties, my talents, what I have, my resources to Hashem. I'm bringing myself close to Hashem. The word kteris has a different connotation. Kteris comes from the word connection. Kteris in Aramaic, whenever there's a word kesher, connection, in the Torah, it's translated in Aramaic as connection. What's the difference between being close versus being connected? What's the difference between a carbon and incense? So, when you're very close to Hashem, you're extremely close to Hashem, you're still an entity for yourself. Versus the idea of being connected means that you're, you've lost yourself. It's no longer that you are 
you, you may be very close, but you still have your own identity. You still have you, you still have your own sep- separate identity from the one you're you're close with. You are close with them, but you're still not. You're not I, I, I like the word smitten. You're not smitten with love for this person. You still have your own identity. It's not like this. Like this, there's a love that that's constantly on your mind, and you can't stop thinking about this person. You're close with them, but you're still um, your own identity. So by the sacrifices, that's how it was. You you brought you came close to Hashem. It was something that was logical. It was a sacrifice, but a sacrifice that was motivated, was generated by a, a conviction of understanding. Because of your conviction, because because of your understanding and feeling, you dedicated to Hashem what you have. So it, it, you still remained with your own identity. And that's why the divine um, response to the sacrifices was also a limited response. It does say in the Torah, it says, it's nachas ruach, it's pleasure for me that you've done what I've asked you to do. It's amazing. But there's a limitation. The sacrifices cause a revelation of godliness, but it's with a limitation. And when you're serving Hashem with love, but the love is because of your understanding, you're, it's based upon logic, so then your love has a... Um, it's not just that, it, that, that you're limited and you retain your own identity, but even let's look at the love itself, let's look at the feelings themselves that you're having. The feelings you're having are very personal, very subjective, very real, very animated, it, 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 but it's not like you've lost yourself. You're feeling love. You're feeling excited about the one that you love. You are separate from the one you love, and you're feeling excited about the one you love. So that's the idea of the warmth. In the language of the Zohar, tukfa shaluva derechemusa, the powerful flame of love. In the Karban model, you are feeling a very tangible, strong feeling of love, and it's 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 tangible and it's palpable, but on the other hand, it's it's limited. It's a your feelings. On the other hand, Kateris is a whole different kind of um, connection. It's not that you're just close to Hashem; it's you're connected to Hashem, connected to Hashem in a way that you're not an entity, and your whole being is just the fact that you're connected to one you're connected to. That all you are is the one you're connected to, and your life is only about that connection. Until you and the one you're connected to become one. Shumi Yochai. Shumi Yochai said, my whole time that I've been connected to this world, I've been connected to Hashem. He does go on and say, I've been inflamed by Hashem, I've been attached to Hashem, but the Shumi Yochai, the words inflamed don't mean the same thing as they do in the carbon model. Think about Shman Esrei, for example. Shema Esrei is in Chassidus a higher level many ways than Shema. Shema is about your feelings. You love Hashem with all your heart. It's a very strong feeling. With all your heart. That's, that's a really high madrega. But it's still about how I feel. I feel in love with Hashem. I'm, I'm there. The Rebbe Hashem compares Shema to a child who hasn't seen his father for a while. And he sees his father from a distance. And he screams, Father, Father. He, he's, he's, instead of yearning for his father, he loves his father, he misses his father, and he feels how much he loves his father. But then there's a state where he is face-to-face with his father. And when he's face-to-face with his father, he no longer screams. It's not because he has less love when he's face-to-face with his father. He has more love. But the love has completely consumed him. He's no longer identity for, of himself. He's no, longer, he's no longer on the outside. He, he's now been taken by the love. He's no longer, he's no longer someone who loves 
he is now his whole being is just his connection with the he's been he's been overwhelmed with this feeling of love for his father there's no longer a sense of identity of himself that's what terrorist is terrorist is that there's a connection not just you're close but that you're connected there's no longer any sense of self there's no longer a sense of feeling when i say there's no feeling i don't mean that there's no love it's a love like in, in it's called love like water love like water means that you are you don't have a sense of self in this in this relationship it's more like you've been taken by this experience it it, it's it's a very it's a strong feeling that you're no longer you're no longer separate from the feeling. Like I was, I was thinking about an art museum. Someone walks in the art museum and says, "Hey, wow, what an amazing picture!" They're not into it. If you're really into it, so like, "Shah, no, you're supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to be merging with the art, whatever." Alderach is that similar way. Shmon Esrei and Kateras and the shade of the Sukkah is about the not just a a closeness of Hashem, but you're connected. In the, the difference between Karbanas and Teres is also reflected in two other things. Karbanas were brought on the outer altar. The Teres is brought on the inner altar. What's the difference between the outer altar and the inner altar? The outer altar in ourselves represents the more external part of the heart. The inner altar represents the deeper part of the heart. What do you mean the deeper part of the heart, the outer part of the heart? There's a part of your heart that's affected by your understanding. You understand, you appreciate, because you understand, you appreciate, therefore you feel, you feel excited about, about the one that you understand, their greatness and their goodness, and you're animated by your understanding. That's the outer altar. The inner altar is a love that's beyond logic and reason. It's the inner part of the heart, it's not based upon logic. So there's logic, there is higher than logic, and then there's feelings below logic. So the outer altar is connected to the external part of our hearts, and that's the part of our hearts that is affected by the way we understand. I understand the greatness of, this, of, of, of the Eivishter, and therefore I feel love for Eivishter. That love that I'm feeling is limited, it's based upon my understanding. The inner altar has to do with the inner part of the heart, which is beyond logic and reason. And that explains two things about these altars. The outer altar is where they offer sacrifices. What are sacrifices? Sacrifices. When you offer a sacrifice, you just offer one sacrifice. That sacrifice, you offer one cow, one sheep, that elevated all of the animals in the world. You offer vegetation, elevate all the vegetation in the world. You're elevating the whole world. So the outer altar is, is extremely beneficial because it has an impact on the whole world. You're offering a sacrifice here and there's a major impact on the entire world. The reason why the outer altar is able to make such an impact is because the outer altar is in a place where there is a focus on God's plan about elevating the world. The inner altar is it's not about God's plan. It's about God. The inner altar is about a love for Hashem Himself. In a way, the outer altar does more than the inner altar. The outer altar is about Hashem's purpose, elevating the world. But the deficiency of the outer altar is, is that it's in a realm where there is a job, where there is a role, where there is, where there is a plan, where there is Hashem's plan to create the world. We were discussing yesterday about the difference between um, the uh, Rebbe Rashab's Chassidim and our, and our generation of Chassidim. The parents said, Our generation has the best chassidim. Why? If the Rebbe Rashab would tell his boys, Guys, make a summer camp. Man, have baseball and have basketball and have football and teach kids how to say, Come They wouldn't be able to do it. Not because they weren't devoted to him. They were very devoted to him. But they were, their, their service of Hashem was in such a level that this is so foreign to them to engage in the world in such a way that they wouldn't be able to do it. 
the um, the role of the sphere of Malchus, the role of our generation, is to engage the world in that way. And therefore, the external part of the heart, which is about impacting the world, it's about it's creating a tangible feeling that puts spring in your step, is very important. It's a mitzvah to have a fire in the outer altar all the time. The outer altar has a role, a very important role. The Torah says, even if you're Tame, like the outer altar, like the fire in the outter altar. Even if Shabbos, like the fire in the outer altar. There has to always be a fire there. Which means that Hashem always wants us to have an actual feeling. It doesn't have yom yom. The midst of loving Hashem is like well, seeing a good friend. You see a good friend, you have all these thoughts in your head, all these problems in your mind. You see a good friend, also you feel better. Why you feel better? Because you feel, just you, you think, seeing that your friend evokes a feeling of such love, you feel like, ah, it'll work out. So that's the midst of loving Hashem, it's to have that, that, that strong feeling. And even if it's Shabbos, Shabbos means connected to the intellect and... and uh, you may just think I'm an intellectual, I'm sophisticated. I don't need to have this. I have, I have, a, I have a deep pleasure of godliness, of a Shabbos relationship with Hashem. I need to have a fire. I need to be excited. Like a friend of mine who was by the Rebbe on a regular Wednesday, and he said to the Rebbe on a regular Wednesday, he was excited, he was dancing, and the Rebbe said to him, Good Yontif, right out of nowhere. So, so that, that, that he created a. a, a uh, that's the mitzvah. The Torah is saying, to love Hashem, to put a fire in the altar, the outer altar, to have an actual feeling that's, that puts spring in your step, that's a mitzvah. The outer altar, to have an actual feeling that's, that puts spring in your step, that's a mitzvah. And even if you're, and even if you're sophisticated, you have to have it. You may say, what if I'm tummy? What if I'm so good? Sophisticated, you have to have it. You may say, what if I'm tummy? What if I'm so good? Hashem doesn't want my feelings. No, you're wrong. Even if you're tummy, Hashem says to have those feelings. And then what happens? Loi sikhbe. It puts out all negativity. Those positive things of love for Hashem extinguish all the negatives in your life. And there's all the negatives inside yourself. You're worried about all the impurity that's in you, and you're like, oh, Hashem doesn't want my love. The way to get rid of that impurity itself is by the fire. The more fire and more passion you have in your Yiddish kind of tangible, down to earth way, the, the, the more you're, you're, you're cleansing yourself. That's how you're purifying yourself from all those negative tendencies, negative feelings. The fire puts out the no. Do not put it out, the Torah says. How do you put out the do not with a fire? Do not put it out. Put out the do nots with a fire. So the t- verse reads, constant fire on the altar. Which altar? The outer altar. And if it's Shabbos, you're sophisticated, still need to have it. If I'm pure, you still need to have it. What about, about all the do nots, all the negatives in my life? The do nots will be put out that way. So that's the outer altar. That's the advantage of the outer altar. The disadvantage of it is, is that it's focused on the the outside world is focused on a, a plane, a realm where there is a world. It's focused on a realm where there is a world. On the other hand, the inner altar is where the love of Hashem beyond logic and reason, the love of the essence of the soul, but there is no, all there is is Hashem. That's the inner altar. It's not about elevating the world. It's about just the love for Hashem beyond logic and reason. It's not that, that there's a disavowal that a person doesn't want to do what Hashem wants to do, but it's, it's, it's just a, it's a different state. It's, it's a state of love for Hashem beyond logic and reason. It, it's it's it, that, it's a state of connection. So that's the power of the, of the sukkah. It is the shade of the um, of the k'tares. This will help us understand another distinction between the sacrifices and the k'tares. For the sacrifices, you could only use kosher things. For the incense, you could also use non-kosher things. One of the spices in the incense was this blood from a non-kosher animal, from the spine of this non-kosher animal, they took this blood, and that was part of the incense. All other mitzvahs only use kosher things. Your esrach has to be kosher, 
Sacrifice has to be kosher. The incense was specifically something that used non-kosher, non-kosher item more. The incense had 11 spices. 11 is non-kosher. Why is 11 non-kosher? So the Rebbe Rash had a mimer, which he would repeat every two or three years, just to purify the air. He said this mimer to purify the air. One of the things he said in this mimer is, although the world, one of the themes in the mimer, although the world exists, it's not imaginary, however, there's nothing besides, why is nothing besides you, besides Hashem? Because the main and the true reality of each thing is it's, it's a godly energy that creates it. That's what, the, that's what everything is. If there's nothing besides, although the world exists, it's not imaginary, but nothing besides Hashem, because what's the main and the true reality of each thing, it's its godly reality. So that's true. We have to say that the three impure clippers, the, the godly energy which, which animates all non-kosher things, but we have to say that non-kosher things which get their energy from the clipper, the three impure clippers, the sitra achra, the opposite of holiness itself, we have to say that it also gets godly energy. Because if it didn't have godly energy, how does it exist? So it does have godly energy, but the way it exists is the godly energy in it is called makif. It's like it's hovering above it. It's not hovering above it, it's in it. But it's called makif because makif means to hover. But it's called, the reason why that term is used is because the godly energy is inside something that defies it, that, that not just disobeys it. Oh, Hashem creates a reality that that is bent on on the opposite of God's will. Hashem creates a, re- a reality that's a, that, that does things against His will. Hashem creates non-kosher things. Hashem creates things which aren't kosher. See, situations which aren't which don't seem to be in sync with God's plan. So that those evil things that God is creating. Hashem don't think it's like there's another force in the world besides Hashem. There's no force in the world besides Hashem. Hashem then creates some kind of other force that He's challenging Him. But what, 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 I'm, what I want to say is there are things that God created where you could see in that thing that God created how it connects to its source. You could see how it has a purpose. You could see what, why, Hashem, why Hashem made it. There are some things that now you cannot see why Hashem made it but it's more like a riddle. Like what in the world is this for? This exact opposite. So Hashem the creation of unholy things is more like a riddle. Creation of, of pure things, kosher things, is more like a parable. A parable has to fit the analog. You're learning a parable. You know the parable has a message. God created things in this world. So you, it's not, it's not godly things, Hashem created a physical reality. It's also something which where godliness is hidden in it, but it's not like something which opposes godliness. You look at the things and you know that there's a godly purpose in these things. It's a parable. It has a message. It has a meaning. You don't know what it is. You have to figure it out. Okay, so figure it out. But it's not like the thing you're looking at is something which, 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 which makes you shake your head and, and slap yourself on your forehead. Like, what is going on over here? But Hashem created other things which do make you slap your forehead. He created a reality that is the three impure clippers, that is the sitra achad, the opposite of holiness. And the reason why Hashem creates those things is also for God's plan. But in our, from our perspective, those things are more like a riddle. What in the world is going on with it? So because those items are created with a, um, a, um, in a way that the godly reality in them is foreign to their properties, the, the, the properties of these things are is that they go against godliness, that they're not about godliness, that they're, that they're about non-kosher things, non-kosher things against God's will. That's the properties of these things. And because that is what those, that's the properties of the items that God has created, so the godly energy in them is like something foreign to them. It's like it's an exile in them. It's like, I think of this as like a soul which is, 
which is um, um, in a Gilgal, a soul which is in an animal. Certain punishments the Torah talks about where a soul has to come back as an animal or something. So when the soul is in the animal, the soul is not in control of the animal. The animal is in control. The soul is like in a little sack in this animal and just follows with, and just going along with the animal. There's no control. In a similar way, the godly energy in the unholy, it, 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 it's, it's an exile. And that's why it's called hovering over it. It's there fully, but it's like hovering over it in, in the sense that it's not revealed at all. You don't see any expression of Ganges. You are left with a riddle, you're left slapping your forehead. So, so the, the power of the Ketairis, the power of the incense is, because the incense is not a connection to Hashem based upon the external parts of the part of the heart. That connection to Hashem based on logic and reason. Rather, the Ketairis is about an inner bond with Hashem beyond logic and reason. Because it's beyond logic and reason, it's because there's no limitations, therefore it has the ability to even transform the negative to positive, even to transform the Klippa to Kedusha. And that's why the Ketairis is created by the but the, 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 that's what the Keteris, the Shach of the Shukah, comes from the Keteris of Yom Kippur specifically. On Yom Kippur is about Tshuva. Yom Kippur is about Tshuva from the deepest part of the soul. So because on Yom Kippur we're experiencing this deep connection to Hashem from the deepest part of our soul, the level of Yechida, at that level, the level of Yechida is infinite. And it's able to even transform the unholy to Kedusha. And that's why the Keteris has 11 spices and even has a non-kosher spice. Because through tshuva, like in ourselves, tshuva can transform our avedas to mitzvahs, like that's in Tanya. When you do an aveda, hasashalom, so that aveda makes you feel more distant from Hashem. And there, that feeling of love you have for Hashem as a result of this aveda is much more powerful than the feelings that Tzai can possibly have. And therefore, that tshuva, that yearning you have for Hashem, causes the energy of the aveda itself to be transformed to Kedusha. So it's in a primis alei, that you're touching the inner part of your heart, and therefore it's able to transform even the avedas to mitzvahs. That's why the Kateris, which it's associated with this kind of connection, has non-kosher ingredients. Okay, I'll stop here. Well,